0: This episode of The Anxious Truth is brought to you by me, because I'm not just a podcaster, I'm also an author. I've written several useful books on anxiety and anxiety recovery, and I know you're gonna find them helpful. You can find them on my website at theanxioustruth.com. Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome back to The Anxious Truth. This is the slightly under the weather edition So if you hear a little bit of glitch in the voice or a stuffy nose, that's why. Anyway, this is episode number 183 entitled Self-Talk Revisited. We're gonna uh, cover the topic of self-talk as it relates to anxiety and anxiety disorders and recovery. Uh, If you are new here, I am Drew Linsalata. I am creator and host of The Anxious Truth. This is the podcast where we talk about all things, anxiety, anxiety disorders, panic, panic attacks, agoraphobia, recovery, all that stuff. If you're new here, Welcome. Uh, if you are a returning listener and you've been here for a while, thank you. I appreciate your support and your time and your attention as always. So, self talk. Let's let's get into this. There are two precursor episodes to this podcast, and those would be episode fifty three, which was entitled "I Love This Title." It's one of my favorite podcast titles: "Dealing with Anxiety: Why Positive Self Talk Is Bullshit." That is a, an episode I recorded a while ago. Uh, I don't know; it was a couple of years ago, and it's one of the most popular episodes. And then there's one that I did not too long ago, which is episode 150, which is called How Do I Talk to My Anxiety? So I will tell you, if you are not familiar with those two podcast episodes, to go check them out. You can go to the anxioustruth.com slash 53 to hear the first one, and the anxioustruth.com slash 150 to hear the second one. So those are all about uh, self-talk uh, and how trying to talk, literally talk to our anxiety is is kind of a futile gesture. So let's get into self-talk. because. When I made that first episode a few years ago and I said positive self-talk is bullshit, it really ruffled a lot of feathers. And I think a lot of people didn't necessarily understand what it was that I was trying to say. And even after listening to the podcast episode, they they get a little bit annoyed. Like, how could you say that? I I have to speak positively myself. I have to have my mantras. I am a warrior. I am strong. This too shall pass. I, I got this. I got this. It's just anxiety. It's just anxiety. I'm okay. I'm okay. That's okay. Let's revisit self-talk here and really look at at what role it does have, because self-talk does have a role. The point that I am making about self-talk, like talking to yourself, positive self-talk, mantras, things of that nature, is that in the heat of the battle, when you are confronted with that rising wave of anxiety, or you're in the middle of a full-blown panic attack, repeating over and over, I'm okay, I'm okay, I got this, I am strong, I'm a warrior, this too shall pass, is kind of like that really popular meme on the internet with the dog sitting in the room and there's fire all around him and he says, this is fine, yeah, this is fine, this is fine, but there's fire all around him and we laugh at that, we all, we all laugh at that because we understand what that represents, like the room is on fire, uh, this is fine, like he's just, you know, so we laugh at that and in a way, We need to recognize that when we try to ritualize self-talk and use it as a escape device and as a way to somehow try to manage that that rising tidal wave of anxiety or that panic attack, things get really dicey and it doesn't really work out so well. And it teaches you the wrong lesson that I must find some special way to talk myself through this or I'm in trouble. So that's what I'm talking about. Like self-talk when we, everybody, we all talk to ourselves. That's just a natural part of being human. You cannot turn off, you know, your inner dialogue to a certain extent. There's always going to be some inner dialogue going on. And there's always going to be some statements that we make to ourselves. That's okay. I'm talking about when I, you know, we kind of revisit the role of self-talk here. Where does it belong and where does it not belong? And this really won't be that long an episode because it's a pretty straightforward concept. I think I'm going to boil it down to pretty much one, one thing that you can use to sort of assess like, am I using this as a good tool? Am I using this as maybe a maladaptive escape or avoidance device, self-talk? So we can talk to ourselves when we are calm, when we are rational, when we are in the midst of consuming psychoeducational content about anxiety recovery, what is the true nature of this? Panic is really scary, but not dangerous. What do all these symptoms mean? How can they be explained? This, these are good times to use self-talk, right? Oh, I understand this. I, I can handle this. I can do this. And when you hear people like me tell you that the path to recovery is to go toward your fear and to learn to move through it and to learn to willfully tolerate it or surrender to it. And, and we're, all try, we're trying to build through these experiences the process of learning that while this is really uncomfortable, and I don't like it, I don't have to fear it and build my whole life around avoiding it, right? So that's the basic premise of recovery here. And we do that by learning experientially by going through the fear, instead of trying to stop it, turn it off, avoid it, make sure it never happens, like make sure you never get triggered. That's not what we do, we go toward, right? So in order to do that, when you are in a calm or rational state and you are kind of learning some of these concepts and beginning to sort of get your brain around them, it's super common to use self-talk. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, this sounds really hard, but I can do this. I can do hard things. Like, I, I, I'm a little worried about this, but I can do this. I know I can do this. Or, like, look at all these other people who did it. Like, I, I got this. I, I, I'm i strong. I'm a warrior. You could use all of those things if you want. I mean, I'm not a fan of the warrior thing, W-A-R, not W-O-R, because I, I believe that this is a classroom, not a battlefield. But whatever way, like, I, I can learn. I can do hard things. That sort of self-talk, when you are in a calm state or a rational state, you're learning, you're preparing yourself to start to do this new thing, that sort of self-talk is really valuable. It helps. like It, it goes right along with things like visualization and, and things of that nature. So positive self-talk, even though in episode 53, way back when, I sort of got a little clickbaity and I said why positive self-talk is bullshit. If you go and listen to that, I was talking about when you are in the thick of it, when you are in the midst of a panic attack and your amygdala, your fear center, your lizard brain, that primitive part of your brain that you do not get to talk to is, is absolutely 100% convinced that it must be an alarm and survival state, repeating things like, I got this, I got this, this too shall pass, are, is pointless. They become safety behaviors. They become escape behaviors. And we begin to ritualize them. So if you are a huge fan of trying to use mantras or positive self-talk, to get you through a panic attack, I would say that the operative word there, the operative phrase is get you through, right? We have to face the reality part of recovery and learning the lessons of recovery is to face the reality that even without repeating those things, you would still get through it. Like you will get through every anxiety spike, every uncomfortable situation, every scary situation, every panic attack, you would get through them all even if you said nothing to yourself. That is a critical, a critical concept in recovery to forming the foundation of what this is all about. So we need to make sure that we keep our eyes on that and we don't bury it in excessive amounts of self-talk that are designed to talk us off a ledge, soothe the fear immediately or somehow make the panic stop, right? We, we, we want to avoid that. So when is self-talk useful? Well, it's, it's useful when you're not in the heat of battle or- As a setup for when you know it's coming. So you know it's coming. And and I know if you're listening to this podcast, there's a really good chance you understand what I'm talking about and you understand it in your soul. When you know that that anxiety is rising or it has been with you all day long, just simmering and simmering and you feel like you can't take another second of it. Those are good times to use self-talk statements as a reset. Okay, I know what this is. I know what I'm supposed to do. Now I can do this. Let me go do it. And then you're going to have to go into that as much of a non-reactive mode as you can be, right, to surrender, to willfully tolerate what's going on. I'm going to get into the the particularly, say, we have 182 other episodes about this. So that's a good time to use self-talk when you need that reset or or now you know the panic is coming or, oh, boom, the panic is flashing in you right now. You're in the beginning of it. Okay, hang on. I know what to do. I got this. This is really hard, but I can do it. Self-talk over. Now you got to do the thing. So what did i just say what did i just say i said that self-talk is really useful in those situations as a reset and as a direction so positive self-talk is a valuable thing in the learning stage like when you are consuming this information psychoeducation you're learning what you have to do and you have to really kind of get yourself a little bit pumped up to know that oh man they're talking about doing really hard things to get better but okay i could do this that's useful that's really useful at that point talking to yourself Part of visualization, setting yourself up for what's coming down the road. That's all cool. I'm 100%. I'm a huge fan of that, right? When the shit hits the fan and the panic is growing or it's flashed and you know, that's it, I'm going to have a panic attack now, or I have been drowning in this anxiety simmering all day long and I feel like I can't take it anymore, those are good times to use positive self-talk statements. There's nothing wrong with them. A reset, a reminder. This is really difficult. I hate this. I'm afraid of this, but I can do this. I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to surrender to this, I'm supposed to stop trying to figure it out, I am I have to stop solving it, and I have to just float through this, right? I'll use the float from Dr. Claire Weeks. So, but what I'm saying, what I just told you, is that positive self-talk is useful when it informs action. So we can use self-talk, positive self-talk statements, to inform our next action. The key word, the most important part in this whole episode is action. Sometimes we get lost in the idea because positive self-talk is easy, right? And it's really easy, in especially in the online mental health community, to make posts about positive self-talk and give you give you very uh, inspirational, very deep sounding, very positive sounding mantras that you can repeat. I'll remember this. This too shall pass. If I hear another person say this too shall pass, I'm going to lose my shit, to be honest with you. Like, I know I, it is going to pass, but you got to learn that it'll pass even if you don't say that. So, one reminder this is going to pass. I know what I have to do. It's really hard. I have to get, I have to go through this now. And then you have to go through it. So, when you use self talk to set up new reactions, changes in behavior, when you're calm, when you're learning, I have to start setting the table. So, that I can start to relate and react to my anxiety in a new way. And I'm going to change my behavior. I'm going to change my actions. Then, talking to yourself and positive self talk is a really good way to set that up. I can set that up. And in the heat of it, when the panic is hitting or when you feel like you're going to drown in that simmering anxiety, that's a good time to use one or two self talk statements, positive self talk statements to set yourself up and inform some different action in that moment. So, Self-talk is awesome to inform action. Self-talk as the only action, not so much, right? So that's that's the key component there. Use the positive self-talk to inform new actions and to motivate new actions and changes in behavior. Because the changes in behavior that you have to make aren't easy ones to make. They're difficult. These are hard things. They're scary things to do. So use that tool as a tool to motivate and inform and trigger new actions and different behaviors, changes in reaction, changes in the way you relate behaviorally to that fear and that discomfort. What you don't wanna do is fall into the trap of thinking that positive self-talk itself is the action that you must take. And when you are bombarded with self-talk as a primary coping skill, and like really a couple episodes back, I did uh, coping skills, I did an episode on coping skills and why they're not always so great, positive self-talk becomes one of those maladaptive coping skills. It itself becomes the action. I will sit and I will be terrified and I will do all of my things, but I will keep repeating, I'm okay, I'm okay. So let's go back to my little reference of the, the funny meme, the internet meme with the dog sitting in the room that's on fire saying this is okay. When you are trying to communicate with the fear center in your brain, your lizard brain, the amygdala, whose only job is to keep you alive. That is its job, and it is really easy to trigger and really hard to turn off, and that's for a reason. Like, if it was easy to turn off your threat response, we would probably all not be here now. We would have died out a million years ago. So there's a reason why it's designed that way. Okay, so when you're trying to communicate with your amygdala, with your fear center, which is immune to mantras, it does not understand this too shall pass. It does not understand that at all. And in the heat of the battle, the the only way that you can really signal to it. And this was episode 150. How do I talk to my anxiety is through your actions. So you are literally wasting your time trying to chant mantra or talk yourself through that that moment of distress. Because the part of your brain that's driving that distress is not built to listen to that. It can't you can't just tell it to turn it off, right? I know you want to because I know it's soothing and it's and, and you're trying to feel better. But it is such a tremendously valuable lesson to learn that even without doing that, this is pointless. It is only teaching me that I must go into this special ritual of words to get myself through this uncomfortable situation, and that's not a good lesson to learn. It ties you, it glues you to the ritual of self-talk. And I know that that's a little bit difficult sometimes to hear because you want to say things like, I am a warrior, I am strong, I got this, I can do this. But you have to be careful that you do not get glued to that. And that cannot be the action in itself. And let's take it one step further before I wrap this one up. And that is... I want you to imagine that you are now trying to communicate with the part of your brain that only understands experience and behavior. It only understands the actions you take. You can only communicate with your lizard brain through your actions not your words. So if your actions are saying one thing, you are you are tapping, you are banging your leg, you are on the phone with your mom or your or your partner or your best friend to talk you through it you're snapping a rubber band, you're popping mints, you're drinking cold water, you're sniffing lavender oil, like you're doing all the things, you're hightailing it out of the mall, you're running back home as fast as you can, you're going into bed and and retreating under the covers, what you are showing it, very clear danger signals, while at the same time you're trying to say, I got this, I'm okay, I'm okay. So you are 100% negating, you are negating the positive self-talk by engaging in positive self-talk while you're also in your escape and avoidance behaviors that signal to your lizard brain danger 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 please keep sounding this alarm so when you think about it in those terms it becomes almost silly i'm not saying what you're doing is silly but it's almost silly right you look at it and you say okay i get this now i am telling my lizard brain one thing i'm in the language it understands i'm telling it danger 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 we got to get out of here and the language I want to hear that makes me feel better at an emotional level or a spiritual level. I'm saying something completely different. So I'm doing one thing. I'm saying one thing, but I'm doing the other. And your lizard brain only knows what you do. It doesn't care what you say. So there's a whole lot of energy expended on positive self-talk that is actually signaling something completely irrelevant to your lizard brain and 100% opposite from what your behavior is signaling. So, I want you to think about that. When you get into those really uncomfortable sticky spots, if you are engaging in all of the safety rituals, you are escaping, you are running, you are scanning, you're trying to figure out, you're trying to fix it, you're trying to make it stop. What can I do? What can I swallow? Who can I call? How can I distract myself? I need to count the blue things in the room. And at the same time, you're trying to say things like, I'm okay. I got this. It's only anxiety. You're that's it doesn't, there's those two things don't jive at all. So, the most in line or Congress message you could send where everything lines up and jives with each other, the most, the best message you could send back down the chain to your lizard brain, your amygdala would be not, would be nothing would be like, this is, this is fine. Like there's nothing to be afraid of here. Like this is scary, but, but scary isn't dangerous. And you have to show that you have to show that. Okay, you have to show that you can't try to tell Mr. Lizard Brain that it's okay. It doesn't know that you have to show it. So all that self-talk, use it to inform action. And you know what? In that respect, if you are going to go into that behavioral routine of surrender, of willful tolerance, I'm going to reengage with the outside world, even though all I want to do right now is figure this out and make it go away and find a way to calm it down. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep making lunch or I'm going to stay in this meeting or I'm going to keep answering my emails or whatever it is you're doing, or I'm going to sit quietly with it and let it run through me for five minutes. I'm going to do that and be really brave and do that. Then at that point, you know, your self-talk might be in line with what you're actually doing. It's a reminder. Just sit quietly. No fidgeting. Stay cool. Breathe. Like, that's okay. Like, again, if your talk is informing your action and in line with your actions, then you're in a good place. But you cannot use self-talk as your primary coping strategy. It cannot be the action in and of itself. It must inform new actions and new behaviors in response to your anxiety and, and those discomfort, uncomfortable and fearful situations. And the talk has to be in line with the behavioral signals that you are sending to your amygdala. So that is really, if, if you want to like, now we're taking self-talk to the next level. When you look at episode 53 from a couple of years ago, yes, what I was trying to tell you is, please don't use that as a safety tool, because your your lizard brain is ain't hearing it. It's not hearing it. And it doesn't care. It knows you are in danger. You are in danger. You got to get the hell out of here. You better go home right now. Get back in bed right now. This is too much. So I got this. I got this. No, you don't. It's, it's, it's going to say to you, no, you don't. You do not got this. Clearly, we have danger here. So that is self-talk revisited. I think it's important because sometimes people hear like, oh, well, I shouldn't, you know, I don't want you to get the wrong impression here. Like, oh, I should never talk to myself. Is talking to myself, I should never do that. Am I doing recovery wrong if I talk to myself? No, you're not doing it wrong. We all talk to ourselves. That's okay. We all have some inner dialogue going on at some point and it's okay to talk to yourself. You just have to understand the context that it's in and the best way to use that tool, if at all possible. And as always, I'm going to acknowledge it's hard. This is hard to do. It's hard to change those habits. So if you have spent the last 15 years of your life doing the I got this, this too shall pass, and it never actually passes because it keeps coming back, it's really hard to break those habits. Like you are in those are ingrained now. You think you have to launch into those things. You have been told over and over and over and over that you have to speak these positive mantras to yourself as somehow this is part of getting better. But really it's not. It's part of getting better in so much as it informs the change in the way you really, but itself by itself is not a way to get better. So there you go. That is my little rant about uh, self-talk and revisiting self-talk. So now that's three whole podcast episodes that kind of center around this idea of talking to yourself and how you can communicate with your anxiety. I hope that this has been really helpful for you. I am going to leave you as always with Afterglow. This is it, right? By my friend, Ben Drake. You can find Ben at bendrakemusic.com. Tell him I said hi. He's a great musician. And he actually wrote this song in response to this podcast. So it's really special for both of us. And uh, as always, if you are watching this on YouTube, like and subscribe, leave a comment, do whatever you got to do. If you're listening on iTunes or some platform that lets you rate or review the podcast, leave us a five-star rating. Take a second, write a little review. It helps other people find the podcast and therefore get help. And I hope this has been helpful. I appreciate your time and attention as I always do. You guys are the best. I will be back again next week. We'll do yet another topic. Don't know what it's going to be yet, but we'll be here. So come on back. Thanks again, and I will see you next time. Remember, this is the way. Yeah, you all doing fine. It's all around you. You can breathe it in. This is where your story begins. You got the feeling that you're going to win. Yeah, you're doing fine. Now in the city and you're living fast. No looking back